Welcome to Testify It, where we are sharing the love of Christ and building people up through testimonies and teaching. Our passion is to share how God is working in people's lives today. My name is Christopher Wagner, and I am a founder and board member at Testify It. In this series of testimonies, we are working in partnership with Locking Arms Men, a Pittsburgh-based ministry that's mission is to build an authentic community of men who love God, love one another, and love their neighbor. We have a powerful testimony today from Bill Cray. Bill had a lot of things going for him. Graduated law school, married another lawyer, had a nice home, four beautiful children, and a great job. They even attended church. Yet there was no foundation, and it all started to unravel. Welcome, Bill. Uh, Good morning, Chris. Uh, Thank you for, for being with us, and maybe if you could just start a little bit with your background and how you grew up. You know, I think back, I had to give a testimony this past spring, and um, it was part of the Emmaus retreat in uh, at St. Thomas More Church in the South Hills, and and uh, that was my second time in doing that. And uh, I was, as I was preparing it uh, for it, one of the revelations that came about was um, the early onslaught of of uh, the darkness of the soul. And the, and the sin life. But think about it, it took me uh, several years to come to that place of recognizing uh, where, the, where the, the separation began physically for me. And that was early, in, at age 12 or 13, where pornography was introduced um, to me. And uh, the process of going down that dark path and the destructiveness of that experience time in and time again and what it meant when I became um, you know, a young teenager, what it meant when I become, became a young adult in my 20s and what it meant when I entered into marriage and what it meant during marriage. And uh, you know, it, it, it's been referenced as a parasite and there's, uh, I think that's a pretty profound description of, of pornography. And I, I, it's interesting because you think it's a private issue. You think it, I'm not hurting anyone. Um, but the pain that I came to realize was um, not only was I hurting uh, my spouse, my children, uh, to that unseen darkness, but um, I soon came to realize that, you know, the greatest pain was to... Uh, was to Jesus. Um, so fast forward, you know, I, I, I graduated law school and married in, uh, a lawyer and just had, um, you know, on track on meeting the American dream, you know, beautiful home right out of the blocks, great income, had four beautiful children um, and, uh, you know, had the, had the joy of raising them healthy, uh, vibrant, but you know the 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 one thing when you're when I look back is that um, you know there was a shallowness to it. Although I was I, I may attend church and although I was pushing my children to attend Sunday school and do all of the things that um, were seen as uh, uh, as right or appropriate, um, I certainly didn't know Jesus. I knew of him. I knew the historical nature of them. I knew the 
I knew what uh, was said, but didn't know him in a personal way. Um, so as the marriage and the and you know you're you're into your 30s and you're grinding away and your young 40s and you're you know it seems like life is taking you instead of uh, uh, having the chance to really experience life and its deep meaning. I I, I um, soon came to realize that you know the marriage was in trouble. You know the addictions of uh, whether it was the pornography or substance abuse, alcohol, on both me and my spouse. Um, you began to see the dream, the American dream, unravel. Um, you know, the marriage began to uh, uh, experience some really shaky and traumatic pain. And all along, it was it, it, there was a fear, a deep fear of of you know anxiety and and. Uh, the lack of control and just, although on the surface it looked like it was all together, uh, you know, when, when you peel it back, uh, there was a loneliness, uh, a loneliness as a husband, a loneliness as a father, um, no real deep friendships, um, and this feeling that at any moment it, you could lose control and it, it would all disintegrate. And so you'd work harder at trying to keep it all together. Eventually reached the encounter of, of uh, you know, my wife wanting a divorce, and I said, no way, I'm going to fight for this. Again, it was a physical fight. It was, you know, it was, a, it was a, a, my, my manliness stepping in, an ego, and trying to keep uh, this marriage together, thinking I couldn't face my family, I couldn't face my peers um, in defeat. All along, again, the addiction, substance abuse got worse. One thing you just said that to me is, is really important with dealing with addiction or, or anything in, in sin nature is the isolation that you talked about, the loneliness. And it's amazing how um, much we feel like you know we have to hide certain parts of our life, um, but it creates this isolation instead of community and it creates a loneliness that even though you know you said you were going after this uh, American dream and it seemed like you were getting everything in there that there wasn't uh, you know happiness there wasn't joy in that no fulfillment no fulfillment. to speak of um, it checked a box it fulfilled um, an accomplishment but the accomplishment had no value it had no no foundation I keep coming back to the foundation and as those dark days continued to to grow, um, you know, I came to realize I, I was losing my children too. Um, you know, my son was a teenager, soon off to go to college, and and uh, I really lacked a connection with him. I lacked uh, um, the ability to guide him. Um, it was I was sort of following what my father allowed me to do, and that was go figure it out. Um, sort of a hands-off you know, um, approach and, uh, and no real way to, to establish a foundation for him. The third prong of that was uh, my work. You know, I'm in a very high-risk, high-reward business in real estate development, commercial real estate development, and um, had the opportunity to establish a, a major real estate company here in Pittsburgh with Giant Eagle called Echo Real Estate Services Company. 
Um, I soon found after six or seven years there that, um, again, because of some of the uncontrollables outside of the business in my marriage that had spilled into the workplace, um, I was soon asked to leave. Um, you know, I took that as an affront and, and, uh, and, you know, deep anger and resentment and, you know, this drive of, okay, I'm going to overcome that too. And, uh, which pushed me out into the marketplace back on my own. And sure enough, in 2008, the financial collapse of the capital markets, um, really knocked the legs out of me. The third leg, I'm losing my marriage, losing my children, and now losing, um, you know, what, what I thought was so important to me. And that was my work. And, um, and that's when, uh, Leo Wasniewski came knocking. Um, our kids played football together at Central Catholic. Leo coached Liam, my oldest son. And, um, you know, Leo looked at me and said, uh, you know, you look like you're lost. Um, you know, now that I know Christ, I know those eyes of the lost. And uh, he drew me into a, uh, a Bible study here on the north side. It was uh, some of the darkest days of my life, and about 30 days into a study, uh, you know, maybe four sessions or so, you know, Leo comes up to me and says, hey, how's that study going? And I said, well, it's, it's okay, you know, I'm showing up, right? Uh, and he said, no, no, no. He says, what are, you, what are you doing with your day? And I said, you know, how are you getting into the Word? And, and you know, I basically said, "Hey, I'm I'm here. You know, I'm I'm doing. I'm don't bother me. And I'm here." And he encouraged me to. Um, well, he asked me what my morning routine was like, and I said, "Well, I get the Post Gazette and the Wall Street Journal, and I make a cup a pot of coffee, and I read both of them, drink my pot of coffee, and I leave to try to do my work." And he says, "Well, how's that working out?" <laughs> and I said, "I think I have an ulcer." And uh, the anxiety is so high. And he said, let, uh, let me suggest that you replace uh, those readings with uh, the Bible. And I said, well, I don't know where to begin. And he said, how about if you begin in Mark and you read just a passage and you go to the Psalm. And he said, you start, you start with Psalm 1 and you read. It wasn't more than two weeks of that routine that I came here to uh, the study and I, I just said, I need prayer, I need prayer. And there were four guys in the study and they surrounded me and it was as though the whole world had been lifted off my shoulders. And um, it was the start of a walk to um, out of darkness, out of the pain, and into the arms of Christ. And, um, you know, it was fascinating because the, it, the, the circumstances that I was facing didn't get any better, but I had a foundation. Um, I had a place to go. I had a, um, a way to express to my children I, I had handed it over and that um, I was relying on Christ to walk with us and... Um, and see us through. You know, within a month, I, I couldn't even pay a mortgage. I couldn't pay any bills. And um, 
a friend introduces me to another friend who was, uh, whose daughter was going through rehab, had just been admitted to rehab. And my, my wife, my first wife, was about to die. I mean, she had lost 40 pounds, her hair was falling out, and the, the, the abuse had been just so extreme. And uh, he looked at me and said, listen, we're going to walk together. He says, I'm going to cover all of your expenses of living. And um, we're going to see this through. And, you know, at the time, uh, my wife hadn't um, accepted rehab. And it actually had to get worse. And it was shortly after Christmas of that year that um, I, I just sat back and watched it deteriorate to the point where, you know, we had to carry her into the hospital. And she started a path of, of recovery. The interesting thing, fast forward, um, you know, there was restoration of my relationship with my children. There was restoration with my employment. There was restoration of my heart and soul, of the sort of cleansing of all of that dark addiction. And, it, and it, you know, the fascinating thing, Chris, is the pornography stopped cold. It was like cold turkey, gone, history, never thought about it since. Um, victory. I claim it. I know it. I have, I, and I know the, who brought it. Um, you know, my, my attachment to alcohol stopped cold so I could walk with her on trying to restore uh, her life. Fast forward four years later, and unfortunately, um, I had to surrender my marriage. Uh, but I did it surrounded by brothers. I did it surrounded by Christ and deep prayer, deep thought. And that was tough. It was probably the toughest decision I've ever had to make uh, to walk away. I, I came to realize my um, what I thought was love was really enablement. Um, I think that is such a challenge in, in managing addiction is there is tough love. Uh, there is uh, what appears to be indifference, but it is stepping aside because you can't continue to be a part of it because you're actually creating more destruction. It's, it's so strange and so difficult. Um, I will tell you, though, in, in walking with her and others in addiction, I've come to realize that in so many ways, addiction is me. There's so many things I am attached to. What is so beautiful is the steps you know, the 12-step process is really about us. I mean, it's really about what Christ calls us to and admitting our faults and, and seeking Him as our solution. And then ultimately, how do you restore your heart? You restore your heart through recognizing who you've hurt and seeking forgiveness and then ultimately accepting, you know, the apologies of others that have hurt us. And, and I think until we walk through that and... and uh, and ultimately then to be a disciple, to, to uh, walk with others and, as, they, as they go through that process. There's a couple things that really shine for me. One is Christ is real. He is real. He's present. Um, it, and I look back, I know he was wooing my heart. I know he was pinging my heart. I know at times... Um, 
I, I desired him but could not overcome my physical desires for other things that pulled me away from him. Uh, through the stripping of all of the things that I was attached to, he began a restoration process. Uh, I began a, a, a romance with him that um, showed me how to love, showed me how to, um, to forgive, showed me how to restore, showed me how to um, walk with an open heart instead of a closed heart, um, to see the pain, the suffering in this world in the context of his eyes and not my selfish eyes, and to see the joy and the beauty and the awesome power that he holds. And that, um, and, and through that, and th through that love affair, uh, I've been able to share all of that to my children that have brought them a foundation back to that whole question when my son was in his teenage years. I never had a way to pr uh, um, give him something of substance, that a foundation that would carry him through to heaven. And uh, I think that's been one of my greatest joys. Bill, can I ask you two, yeah. two questions? First, you talked about he showed you uh, love and forgiveness. And you had talked about, you know, earlier on. And, and can you explain the difference, how Christ made real to you, the difference between our own human selfish love and Christ's selfless love that he shows us? Real simple. Um, my love was transactional. It's plain and simple. It's a deal, sort of like what I do every day. I'm making a deal. And that's, that's the way I lived my life. I can only love you so far. And I think I was pretty good, yeah. you know. I mean, and people probably would say, yeah, yeah, he's a better person than most. But in reality, I was only as good as how far I could go. And I couldn't go really far, not to, not to death, not to where Christ was calling or calls us. So, you know, it, it's you scratch my back, I scratch yours. I give you a little bit, you give me. You're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. Indifference was a big part of it. Indifference is the same as you might as well be hating them. And, and contrast that with Christ's love and now how you um, love. There are so many contrasts. That one in and of itself is, uh, I, I think back of how I shamed him how I abandoned him, how I uh, abused him. I've been touched by him, by his hands, by his eyes, by everything, every part of him, the spirit to just wash that clean and say, it's okay. It's okay. I, you're, you were lost. I'm here. And so if he's willing to give me all of that, who am I to hold back? Even though I'm... I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being judged or I'm being, uh, 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 I don't want to use the word abused, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm being walked over. It's, uh, it, it's it, when I have the perspective of Christ in my life, I see the brokenness because that's me. I've also come to realize he's continuing to shape my heart. And those difficult moments where I have to love, there is something there that's a reflection of me. I know it. So when the, when the hair on the back goes up, 
It's a, it, you hear the ping. You hear the heart saying, Bill, remember. Remember what I did for you. And you have to do the same. And you, and you cringe. You say, really? I have, yeah. Let's go. Let's walk through this. And every one of those doors I've walked through, it's so powerful to reinforce what he's done. Amen. You know, so it's this, you know, we, we want to run from the pain. He's asking to walk through it. Stand with it. I love the word that you used for, for your old, you know, humanistic love as transactional. And I think of it, uh, Matthew 5, 43 and 44, it says, You've heard that it's been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Like you said, you know, when they're hating you, when they're persecuting you, and that hair on your back stands up, Christ steps in and says, no, no, you've got to love them like I did. My second question for you, my final question, is you talked about something amazing. You talked about how much anxiety you had, um, and then you talked about this freedom in Christ. In, in John chapter 8, um, in verse 32, Jesus says, um, You shall know my truth, and the truth shall make you free. And in 36, he says, If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. There may be people listening that either do not have a relationship with Christ right now, or they've accepted Christ but they haven't experienced freedom. What, what could you share with those people today? Yeah, I mean, maybe you go back to somebody that you've met. Go back to your spouse. Go back to a really interesting person that really um, found you, you found a, a deep liking for. And what would what did we do? We 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 pursued them. We pursued them because there was something that they had for us that we enjoyed. There was something that fed into our hearts and that we were feeding them too. There was an exchange, there was something, there was a giving. Remember, think back to the pursuit. I would encourage anyone and everyone to answer the question, who do you say I am? And go after it in a, in a pursuit like you were chasing a lover and watch what happens. I, that question continues to be relevant. It's a deep and intimate relationship. It's, it's, it's either I know a hint of him or do I really know him? There's a huge difference. I think a lot of people know of him. I think a lot of Christians can say I know of him, but I really don't know him. And to know him means laying your life at him and just being with him. One of the great blessings of all of that 2008-2009 chaos was time. He stripped me of all of the things that consumed me and gave me time. And in that time, I, I, I sought him. I look back and I cherish those moments. And they were, they were moments where they were just spontaneous. You just were directed into a church and you sat. And you thought you were there for a minute, but it wound up being two hours. You know, there were days where he would wipe all of appointments out. And he said, just be with me. Read scripture. Read, read, read great, the great scholars, the, you know, the, 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 the mystics about how they pursued his heart. And what he does when we take that step is so powerful. Thank you for listening today. I hope you were truly blessed. If you want more information about Testify It, 
please visit us at testifyit.com. That is T-E-S-T-I-F-Y-I-T.com. You can also learn more about Locking Arms Men at LockingArmsMen.org. Do you have a testimony to share? We would love to hear from you. Just go to testifyit.com and fill out the testimony form. You can find it at the bottom of any page on the site. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and truly want one, call out to Him today. Decide to give over your life, surrendering it to Him, and choose to follow Him. He has already paid the price for your sins with His death on the cross. He was raised on the third day and will give you everlasting life with Him. You will be born again, and He will place His Holy Spirit within you. Until next time, remember, you are loved by God, and He deeply desires a relationship with you.